it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go, here we go. Comedy alive from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who didn't bring us a step closer to World War Three. What the hell did you just say? Well, Joe, back in September, Joe Biden said he'd never, ever send tanks to Ukraine because it would put us at the brink of war. And yesterday, he did exactly that. We have a president that is clearly not all there. We will discuss this with Arizona Representative Andy Biggs. And comedian Dave Landau stops by to discuss Donald Trump's return to Facebook. You're about to hear the greatest speech you've ever heard. 888-788-9910. If you'd like to give a speech of your own in this audio, safe space for cool people where we say every day to the point of exhaustion everyone is welcome this is an american talk show remember american you know e pluribus unum out of many one we're all free-range chickens you know we can agree to disagree none of the stuff we used to do you know ah i'm a republican i'm a democrat who cares let's go get a beer now it's like i'm a republican mom (laughs) he's not my friend anymore (laughs) I'm going to block him on Twitter. We're not doing that here. It's an adult talk show, okay? Be a Republican. We don't care. Be a Democrat. Doesn't matter. Libertarian, independent, doesn't matter. All we ask is that you don't be a That is all. Happy Thursday, and it's a big Thursday. We got a lot going on if you're watching Failavision. Um, I was on Fox and Friends first this morning. We posted it on the Fox Across America website. Uh, we also have my hit with Jesse Waters. I was on Waters World last night, uh, the show I do on Wednesdays. And, uh, you know, Jesse's fantastic. Although he is an Eagles fan, I'm not going to lie. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Whatever. Eagles got a big game coming up this Sunday. Uh, but we've got a really big showdown looming over in Ukraine right now. And I'm just going to dive right in on this, man. Because this stuff matters. There's a lot going on in the world of politics right now. Obviously, the Trump story is, you know, it's seismic. You know, the fact that he was banned from social media. Now they want him back on social media. I mean, to be clear, why does Facebook want him back? Because revenue took a dump. Nobody cares anymore. And they don't have an election to influence right now. So you let him back on. Ah, uh, you have a good eye, my man. Absolutely. But let's sharpen the focus, not on Facebook, but on Ukraine. Okay. This has been the problem with the Biden administration from word one. He's not in charge. And I've told you this before. As presidents go, Joe Biden is the equivalent of an elderly relative who has dietary restrictions. Okay, if you've ever had somebody in your family, like grandpa's like 92, you go out to dinner and he's like, I'll have the lasagna. And the waitress writes it down. But before she can walk away, a younger relative grabs the waitress. And they're like, no, no, he can't have cheese. It's a no, no cheese for him. Bring him the steak. He won't even remember. And she's like, Are you sure? Yeah, don't even just steak of the chicken. He can't have the lasagna. OK, that's Biden. OK, when he ran for president, he was like, I'll have the moderation. 
And the minute he got into office, they were like, no, no, he can't have moderation. Bring him the bacon wrap socialism. We're just going to do the entire Bernie Sanders platform. Okay, we're going to kill border security. We're going to kill the energy sector. We've just got to placate the socialist here. Just don't. Grandpa won't know the difference. Don't worry about it. That has been the presidency. And I'll give you another example of this. Here is a clip from September. Okay, the September the 22nd of 2022, not too long ago. Okay, Joe Biden spoke to a room full of reporters about the situation in Ukraine. I don't remember that ever happening. But what Biden said, and this is a fascinating thing about this guy, okay, is he talks every day. It blows me away. He's almost in the state of arrested development in that he doesn't think the technology (laughs) that we had the day he was born has evolved to what we now have today, which is the ability to record on video on audio, on your phone, with a news camera. Okay, Joe Biden says things in front of TV cameras that are so easily disprovable, but he says them with the confidence of a guy who's getting away with it. Listen to this clip. This is Biden in September explaining why we will never send planes or tanks or trains or weapons of war to Ukraine. This is Biden in September saying we'll never do this. Clip seven. The idea... The idea that we're going to send in offensive equipment and have planes and tanks and trains uh, going in with American pilots and American crews, just understand, and uh, don't kid yourself, no matter what you all say, that's called World War III. Okay, so there you go. It's called World War III. We will never send in offensive equipment, planes and tanks and trains, because that's called World War III. Okay. well, here he is yesterday announcing that 31 Abrams tanks are going in. Clip 10. Today, I'm announcing that the United States will be sending 31 Abrams tanks to Ukraine, the equivalent of one Ukrainian battalion. The Abrams tanks are the most capable tanks in the world. They're also extremely complex to operate and maintain. So we're also giving Ukraine the parts and equipment necessary to effectively sustain these tanks on the battlefield. Now, understand, Okay. These are complex tanks. So what's the next thing we're going to hear? Okay, we're going to hear, well, you know, what's the point of sending them if they can't really operate them right? We're sending in our own troops. Correct the mundo. Okay, they're slow walking us into a World War III. They're slow walking us into a global conflict because here's a newsflash. They make a lot of cash, a lot of cash from war. Money, 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 money. That's why you've got people in both parties, the Uniparty, the Lindsey Grahams of the world, the Mike Pompeos of the world, saying, no, we're all in on Ukraine. We got as much as they want, as long as they want. We got their back. Money, 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 money. Two things you need to know here. One is defense spending, arms sales, have generated an additional $52 billion in this country. Since the invasion in Ukraine, the people who make money off war, the hawks, the profiteers, are cashing in. Okay, you know what else is going on? And this is fascinating stuff, but if you're reading reports this morning, Russia is currently negotiating with the Taliban to buy $7 billion worth of the weapons this president left behind. Biden is such a disaster. So we're about, okay, to send our weapons over so Ukraine can use them against are weapons that the Russians happen to be using in a conflict. I'm going to be honest with you. We don't wish any ill will onto the people of Ukraine. 
Okay, even though it is one of the top two most corrupt countries in the history of the world, we don't want people dying and getting bombed, which is why we should be doing what? Negotiating an end to this war, providing some type of an off-ramp as opposed to saying, no, no, more, here we go. Okay, and understand, so one reporter, to their credit yesterday, asked Biden what changed his mind about tanks. And what you're about to hear from Biden is a claim that this was his intent all along. Listen to this, clip 12. Mr. President, why are you taking this decision now? Did Germany force you to change your mind on sending tanks? Germany didn't force me to change your mind. We wanted to make sure we were all together. That's what we're going to do all along. And that's what we're doing right now. I mean. You're a bald-faced liar. A Think about this. Germany didn't force me to change my mind. We wanted to make sure we were all together. This is what we were going to do all along. This is what we're going to do right now. So let me go back again. This is Biden in September. Tell me if this sounds like a guy who was planning to send tanks all along. Clip seven. The idea, the idea that we're going to send in offensive equipment and have planes and tanks and trains uh, going in with American pilots and American crews, just understand and don't kid yourself, no matter what you all say, that's called World War III. Listen, he's not wrong. Okay, but there he was in September saying, the idea we're going to do this, no way, that's World War III. And now he is telling you with a straight face, no, no, we always intended to send the tanks in. Okay, even though, yes, this does constitute the beginning of World War III. The point being is Biden's not in charge. Okay, back in September, Biden ordered the no tanks. Then someone pulled the waitress aside and was like, no, no, he can't have the no tanks. We're sending it in tanks. The Germans want tanks. We're sending it in tanks. He's not in charge. Don't worry about it. We won't even tell him. And that's exactly what we did. And understand, okay, it's a very loose show. We joke a lot about on this show. Why? I always say, like, the world's on fire. We're roasting radio marshmallows. We're trying to keep the mood light. You need, like, a port in the storm of all this insanity in your life when it comes to consuming politics, especially if you're someone who legitimately cares about the country like I do. Okay, the world knows he's not in charge. The world watches him contradict himself in these press conferences constantly. Do you remember when he famously said, well, you know, we'd be okay with a minor incursion into Ukraine? And then everybody's like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? He's telling Putin he can kind of invade, but don't get a little too crazy. And then he had to walk it back. And then if you remember, they were like, you know, we've got these sanctions. Don't worry. These sanctions are so crippling. Don't worry. We slap these sanctions on. It is lights out for Putin. And everybody at the time was like, hey, man, if these sanctions are such a deterrent, shouldn't we be implementing them now as opposed to waiting for the bombs to start flying? And they were like, no, 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 they're that good. And then what happened? Okay, Putin invaded Ukraine. We applied the sanctions. Did Putin slow down at all? The answer would be no. At which point, what did Biden do? On the world stage, walked back a claim that everyone had seen him make on video and hear him say on audio, okay, which was the the sanctions were the be all and end all. At which point Biden said, what? No, no, we never said the sanctions were going to be a big deal. Come on, you guys. What are you doing here? Whose side are you on? What do you work for the Kremlin? He is lying. Okay, that's problem number one, is that the politics are always going to be more important than the people. The rest of the world knows we have a career politician in Washington right now. You know when you got a catcher with a weak arm in baseball? So it's easy to run on him. They steal more bases. They know the guy behind the plate can't throw. Everyone is running on this country right now. Whether it's at the southern border where we got a weak arm, we're not stopping people, or it's on the world stage where we've emboldened enemies after backing down to the Taliban. China's now encroaching into Taiwan. Russia's buying our weapons off the Taliban so they can keep shooting them at our tanks. Okay, and when Biden speaks about this stuff and contradicts himself, he also gets the countries wrong. Here is clip five. 
all to help counter Ukraine's brutal aggression that's happening because of Russia. <laughs> Did you hear that? All to help counter Ukraine's brutal aggression. Biden's lost his marbles. <laughs> We're sending in tanks to Ukraine to counter their brutal aggression in the region. Have you ever had a check? He hasn't, and everybody knows that. Okay, here is Biden not knowing who his Secretary of Defense is. It's clip six. The Secretary of State, the Secretary of, of, the, uh, of uh, uh, the military uh, behind me, uh, are, uh, they, they've been deeply, deeply involved in this, this whole effort. Armored capability, as uh, General Austin will tell you, speak, uh, uh, is, has, been, has been critical. Did you hear that? Uh, the uh, the uh, secretary of the military, uh, secretary of state, uh, uh, where are they? Uh, they've been uh, deeply, deeply. Okay, you got Lloyd Austin standing right there. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> it's not good. Secretary of state Blinken's behind him. Nothing. Not good. Okay, understand. The world is watching this. They watch this. They see this. They watch the pitcher during warm-ups. The catcher can't throw the ball all the way down the second base. They're going to run on the guy, okay? That's what we have. We have a president who's not in charge. And not only do our enemies not respect him, but they clearly don't think much of the people running this puppet show. When the Son of Man comes. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, doing the damn thing on a Thursday. Andy Biggs is coming by. Diamond Dave Landau is coming by. You're certainly welcome to drop in as well. 888-788-9910. Right now, though, we're talking about this Ukraine mess and a mess it is. So here is John Kirby yesterday. John Kirby's one of the guys who, you know, famously told you the Afghan army wouldn't collapse and don't worry about it. It's under control. You know, these guys have been when it comes to foreign policy. We're really bad. Like we're perceived as bad. 
meaning it's not like some I'm some Fox News guy that wants you to get mad at Democrats. I don't want to be mad at anybody. I want the Democrats to do a great job of running this country. See, the thing about me is like I'm an American. I don't care. I don't owe any politician my loyalty. What I want is a thriving society, a rising tide that lifts all boats. If I thought Democratic principles were worth supporting, I absolutely would. Okay, right now, sadly, they are running this country into the ground. I mean, this administration is a disaster. That's true. That is true. Okay, but when it comes to foreign policy, Biden had the reputation of being wrong about it for the last four decades before he got into office. So here they are bungling their way into World War III, not trying to end the conflict. No, ending the conflict doesn't make anybody money. What are you talking about, man? But here is John Kirby, and this is part of the bungle. He claims, no, no, we give Ukraine these tanks. We don't tell them what to do. We give them all this money. We give them all these weapons. We don't tell them what to do with it. Come on, don't bullshit me. Dude, are you crazy? Okay, if you think anyone is buying this, do you think Putin's sitting around going, ah, the U.S. is giving them tanks and missiles and stuff, but they're not out to get me. They're not, you know, they're not coaching them on how to attack. They're not sharing intelligence. Folks, if your dad lent you the car growing up, he wanted to know where you were going with it. Are you going to tell me with a straight face we're giving them 31 Abrams tanks and we don't want to know what their plans are? Here's Kirby trying to make that case. Clip eight. We do not dictate to the Ukrainians how they operate, where they operate, what missions they conduct, what targets they choose. Uh, We help them with usable information and intelligence as best we can so that they can be successful. But these are their decisions to make. It is their country, their war. Our job is to make sure that they can prosecute that war successfully. Hmm. So if we don't know how they're going to deploy these tanks... Why are we even sending them? I think he's got a point. Okay, here is Sabrina Singh. She's your deputy Pentagon press secretary. She said on January 19th, sending tanks to Ukraine doesn't make sense. It's clip 13. The Abrams are a, it's more of a sustainment issue. I mean, this is a tank that is, um, requires jet fuel, whereas the Leopard and the um, the Challenger, uh, th- it's a different engine. They require diesel. It's um, a little bit easier to maintain. The maintenance and the um, the high cost that uh, it would take to maintain an, an Abrams, it's just, it just doesn't make sense to provide that to the Ukrainians at this moment. No, it doesn't make sense to provide this to the Ukrainians. Have they told us You know, what has changed since then and now? The answer would be no. No. Listen, man, war is very profitable. The Uniparty loves it. The establishment hawks in D.C. love it. Okay, so when Saprina Singh said no tanks, when Biden said no tanks, they both told you at the time it didn't make sense. And what they meant to say, though, is when it comes to the apparatus of war, when it comes to the apparatus of sending them materials, if it doesn't make dollars... It doesn't make sense. Money, 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 money. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my (laughs) name is Chad. His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. 
of reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I can't listen to ZZ Top and not think of Tyler, Texas. And all my amazing KTBB listeners that are down there in the East Texas, Longview, Tyler area. ZZ Top made a lot of their magic happen in Robin Hood Studios down there. And unfortunately, the bigger problem is whenever I think of ZZ Top, I think of Tyler. And I think of Robin Hood. And then I start thinking about the barbecue. <laughs> then they got to bring that guy back in to stop me from eating between TV hits. Put that cookie down now! I'm trying to stay in shape. I'm going on the road. Starts next week. We're back on tour, the White Boots Comedy Tour. That's what we're calling it. We're going out to uh, Carson, Nevada. I'm going to be at the Carson Nugget next Saturday night, February the 4th. The first two shows sold out, but they've added a 10 o'clock show. So if you're out in that area, if you're listening on KSUE especially, I'd love to see you guys. I mean, we just got on the air in the station a few months ago. I'd love to meet you guys. I haven't met most of you. Uh, and if obviously you are listening uh, in the Nevada area, in Reno, KKFT, by the way, just came in number one across the board. Uh, in the demo, in everything. The station we're on, by the way. How about that, kids? Station owner Jerry Evans sent me a message today saying we just crushed the field, which is unheard of for a talk station. Uh, but we've had wild support from the KKFT listeners. They come to all the stand-up shows. I can't wait to meet you guys again, too. So get out to the Carson Nugget. There are tickets left next Saturday night at 10 p.m. Tickets at ccnugget.com. And then uh, we'll be up in Fat Cats, February 17th and 18th. That is in Utica, New York. Uh, we will be partnering with the legendary WIBX. I will be appearing on their morning show with Bill Keeler and those maniacs. I'll be doing my show from IBX. And then I will be doing uh, a total of five shows up there. Uh, we're going to be doing two Friday. They're sold out. Uh, there are two Saturday shows sold out. But they have added a 6 p.m. show just to give you guys more access to your radio buddy. Because I want to meet you guys. Like the point of me going on the road is, you know, it's, it's kind of a big deal to me to meet the listeners of this program because I'm proud of them. Everyone who shows up is cool. We don't have any lunatics. We don't have any jerks. We don't have, like, you know, it's really weird. But the shows don't feel like, like a political rally. They feel like fun-loving people who are in on the joke. You live in America. The whole point of being here is to have a good time. Freedom! Which means you can't take the joke seriously. You just laugh. You hang out. I, I Listen, this crowd is amazing. So if you get a chance to go out and be a part of one of these, uh, you'll feel better about yourself because you realize you belong to something that is truly special, but specifically in the world of politics because our crowd is the cool crowd. We probably care uh, more than anybody else out there, which is part of the reason we're not violent and militant and we're just having a good time is we realize you're going to make your best decisions when they're coming from a reasoned place, not a, I hate you, I'm going to kill you, you know, that whole thing. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. So get out to the Nugget February 4th, get out to Fat Cats February 17th and 18th, and then we're heading out to the West Coast again. I will be at the Federal Way Performing Arts and Events Center, that is Friday, March the 3rd in Federal Way, Washington. And then the 4th, we're back in Sacramento. I will be at the Crest Theater Saturday night, March the 4th in Sacramento. And then in April, we are in Bend, Oregon at the Tower Theater, April the 7th. That's a Friday. April the 8th, we are at the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho, April the 8th. And then we come back to good old Jersey. I will be at Bananas Comedy Club in Bergen, New Jersey, April the 21st and the 22nd. So come out, hang with your radio buddy. The Bananas gig is going to be a lot of Fox News people there because they live local and everybody's like, yeah, we got to go see Jimmy do stand-up in the club. And I'm like, yeah, do that. But in my head, I'm like... This could be a problem. <laughs> but we're welcome to have you come. Okay, but right now we are not in a comedy club. We are on the radio where we belong, uh, doing what we love to do, which is ramble nonsensically about the events of the world. One of the bigger ones yesterday in media 
was the potential return of Donald Trump to Facebook, the potential return of Donald Trump to Instagram. Okay, both of these companies are owned by Meta. Meta is the parent company of Facebook and Instagram. It's, to be clear, Facebook, and they rebranded as a company called Meta. Now, there's two reasons people rebrand, okay? You got to look at company rebrandings like couples renewing their wedding vows, okay? Stick with me for this because it's going to make perfect sense. Two kind of couples renew their wedding vows, okay? One is they've been married 25 years. They've been married 50 years. They love each other. It's adorable. It's a chance for the kids to be there at the wedding this time and the grandkids to be there and they bring a photographer and it's really sweet. The other kind of couple that renews their wedding vows has been nar- married like six years, and the guy comes home with glitter on his face, smelling like a pirate hooker. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, and they renew their vows to declare to the world, oh, no, no, we're, we're doing better now. This is a totally different now. That time she hit him with a golf club in front of all of you at the cocktail party, they're not that couple anymore. We love each other. We are so happy. I love you so much, Snookums. Come here. We're renewing the vows. And now you've got to shell out for another wedding present, buy another bridesmaid dress, and go to another destination six years after you did it the first time around for the exact same couple. That's not right. Okay, but this is the couple that Meta happens to be. Facebook destroyed its reputation. Instagram was accused of driving up the teen suicide rate by over 100% because of all the complexes they're giving teenage girls with all of these filters and everything in between and everybody faking their happiness. And, of course, Facebook is, like Twitter before it, one of the most toxic things that's ever happened to our society because it's incentivized conflict. You're looking to get likes. You tweet to the like button. You are governed by the like button. You quickly come to figure out what's going to get you likes. Oh, I'm calling the Republicans Hitler. You get a lot of likes from Democrats. So now you're incentivized. If you want that digital dopamine to shoot up in your veins, You're now incentivized to go chase it down the only way you know how, which is saying bad things about Republicans. And it's no differently if you're a Republican. There's a lot of people out there that hate the Democrats. So, hey, well, why not? Why have a reasonable conversation for 13 likes when we can say they're commies that are here to destroy the country and get 200 likes? And away we go. We live in an era of incentivized conflict. That's what drives social media. The product is free. You understand? Which means you, you are the product. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. They need to occupy your time so they can sell advertising around the conflict. It's the Roman Colosseum with ads. That's what social media is. Okay, and understand, they ran into a bad spot. Because at the peak of all of this revelry, they had Trump driving the entirety of the news cycle. Trump was the assignment desk in media for the better part of four years. Get up to pee in the middle of the night, tweet about something, and you'd get out of bed a few hours later and be the only thing we were talking about in the news. Then he'd get on a plane Well, we're all talking about that and fly to a place to give a speech, tweet about something before he landed. And then that's, uh, you'd turn on the TV and that's all everybody would be talking about on the news. Trump was the assignment desk for news reporters for the better part of, you know, four and a half, five years. And what happened in a post-January 6th world is they told you, oh, we're throwing Trump off because we're trying to protect people. You know the app that turned the entire world into a fight club for people who don't want to get hit. You know, the app that spiked the teenage suicide rate. I mean, my God. Okay, they wanted you to believe they cared. Is that's what they said? Oh, no, you don't understand. We care. We got to ban this guy. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. They didn't care. It wasn't about protecting people. Do you understand the Ayatollah 
can still be on there. The Taliban can still be on there. Farrakhan can still be on there. People calling for actual cultural genocides were allowed on Twitter, but they threw off Trump because a couple of maniacs stormed the Capitol led by one guy in a Chewbacca bikini. It was a scam, okay? Trump, for whatever you think of the guy, did not uh, attack or ruin our democracy by challenging the results of the 2020 election. If that really was a threat to society and the well-being of our democracy, they would have not only banned Trump, but they would have banned every one of these people who said 2016 was stolen. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president? I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. (laughs) (laughs) Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. Oh, shut up, woman. I mean, think about that. He's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. That's Hillary Clinton. That's a former president, Jimmy Carter, telling you the election was stolen and not legitimate. Were any of these people banned from Twitter? The answer would be no. And they tell you the distinction is, well, you know, Trump's people rioted. Now, I want to be clear. A good amount of Trump's people ran into the Capitol. Obviously, a good amount of feds ran in with them. We know that. Okay, but this idea that we didn't see violence in reaction to Trump's election. Dude, they burnt the inaugural parade route. Smashed buildings, let cars on fire. Are we supposed to pretend that didn't happen? But that's what they did on Facebook. No, no, we care about society. You don't understand. We can't have this guy on there. It's dangerous. And that's what they told you all over the media. No, no, it's good that they're banning a United States president from the public square. This is a good thing. Okay, understand it's for your protection. The media is a bunch of losers. And you know they are because understand what happened there is when Twitter banned Trump, Facebook banned Trump. They all said, well, they're a private company. Private companies can do whatever they want. And then when Elon Musk bought Twitter and said Trump was welcome back on, they're like, what the hell? You can't do this. What you, you have no right, Elon Musk. Investigate him. He is a foreign agent. Ban him from polite society. And the people yelling the loudest were all driving Teslas. It's bananas. But last night, Nick Clegg, he was on special report with Brett Baer. Okay. And Nick Clegg explained why the Trump suspension has been lifted. And I want to give you some background before I play this. He wants you to believe they're not a political entity. Facebook's owner is Mark Zuckerberg. You know, the male equivalent of the robot from Small Wonder. They have to plug him into the wall every time he testifies before Congress and charge him up. Facebook's owner spent $520 million on behalf of the Democrats in the 2020 election. And here is their spokesperson telling you that they are not a political entity. You're alive. Here it is, clip 15. Where we draw the line is 
as a general principle, we're a private company, we're a private tech company, we're not a political entity, we don't, we don't try and make decisions which sort of, you know, help or hinder one side or the other. We believe in free and open debate, particularly in the world's most powerful democracy. <laughs> we believe in free and open debate, particularly in the world's most powerful democracy. Shut up! Will you shut up? Dude, if you believed in free and open debate, you never would have banned the guy in the first place. Okay, understand that's the scam. Where we are at Facebook is they don't care about democracy. They don't care about free and open debate. They care about getting paid. Please give us money. That's where we are right now. Facebook revenue has tanked. Their virtual reality business has tanked. Engagement has tanked. Okay, so they want Trump back to drive traffic to the site. Elon Musk desperately wants Trump back. I don't doubt that he'll come back at some point because he can't resist sharing his opinions. Trump is a guy who does fancy himself as an expert on just about everything, which is why I think if he really, you know, wanted to hit him where it hurts, he shouldn't come back. Okay, understand, they need Trump more than he needs them. And the fact that he has his own app, you know, I don't know that the engagement's great. I don't know that it's as good as what he says. But Trump being omnipotent on Twitter and Facebook makes the news cycle about Trump as it was for the last four years. Oh, just Trump just called Rosie O'Donnell a pig. All right, let's do five hours on this. Okay, that stuff really diverts and distracts from the bigger issues. Trump being off Twitter is why. Biden's approval rating sank as precipitously as it did during the Afghan troop withdrawal because we were paying attention to Biden's ineptitude. Okay, it's another reason why when the gas prices soared and the inflation went nuts, okay, and it's all still bad, we're actually talking about it because we don't have Twitter and Facebook broadcasting to the world that Trump just said somebody on Saturday Night Live was a third-rate actress or something stupid like that. And again, he's entitled to his opinion. But what I'm saying is, okay, it benefits him more to have a media at least pretending to cover the goings on in this country, specifically the deterioration of the quality of life under this current administration that really is running this place into the ground. Biden sucks. So I'm telling you, if Trump really wanted to do this the right way, stay on your own app. And if you really need to share opinions, he should just go on tour and do an advice seminar. Introducing Ask Trump, the advice seminar from a man who's an expert on everything. Nobody knows the politicians better than I do. I know more about ISIS than the generals. Nobody knows more about campaign finance. Nobody knows much more about technology. Nobody knows more about environmental impact statements. I understand the tax laws better than almost anyone. He'll take your questions on everything from baseball deals. Nobody knows more about trade than me. To children's gifts. Nobody has better toys than I do. Ask Trump can improve your vocabulary. I know words. I have the best words. Audiences enjoy it so much it feels like a religious experience. Nobody loves the Bible more than I do. Ask Trump is so successful the critics are going nuclear. There's nobody that understands the horror of nuclear better than me. Ask Trump, the fastest growing advice seminar in the country. Because nobody's ever had crowds like Trump has had. Jimmy Fallon. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, your radio buddy. 
Bringing in some of my buddies in the next hour. Andy Biggs will be here from the great state of Arizona. Diamond Dave Landau, nationally touring comedian. He is in Hilarities this weekend. If you're out in Ohio, Hilarities in Cleveland, right there on Euclid Street. That's actually where I met my wife, Jenny Fala. A lot of some of you know that story, some of you don't. Uh, but I met Jenny in uh, 2003. It was on her birthday. It was December 11th, 2003. A thirsty Thursday in Cleveland. I saw this beautiful girl walk in, and uh, right behind her was Jenny. And uh, you stop it, Jenny. I took a shot. You might have been listening right now. I love you, baby girl. You're the best. But uh, that is where I met Jenny. We were at Hilarities in Cleveland having a nice time. <laughs> I'm going to get punched in the head when I get home. But uh, Dave, Dave Landau will be there. And it is – I have described it this way. Hilarities, if you've never been and you're in the Ohio area, you need to go. Nick Costas, who runs the club, it is a cruise ship without water. It's the best way I can explain it to you. There's a martini lounge. There's a phenomenal restaurant, Pickwick and Frolic, and there's a really nice high-end showroom. It reminds you very much of the Rat Pack, and uh, Dave Landau's act will remind you of the Rat Pack and that he's telling the type of uh, jokes uh, that don't observe any type of boundary whatsoever, Uh, much the same as, like, you know, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, and Sammy Davis Jr. will get on stage and insult the hell out of each other. That's a lot of what Diamond Dave is doing. I mean, it's a lot of what I'm doing in comedy clubs. I mean, we are on stage as comedians. And comedians, we're not worried about any of these dumb rules you hear from the Internet about comedy is about punching up, not punching down, or you've got to read the room. No, you don't. If you're a comedian, your job is not to read the room. Your job is to lead the room. You're the only guy with a microphone. You set the terms of the negotiation. You establish the vibe and the sensibility of the show, and you are in charge. And I bring that up because you know what else happens to be a leadership position? The presidency of the United States of America. Bingo. And we've got a guy, we're going to talk about it at great length in the next hour, who is not leading the room. Okay, he is very much reading the room. And when he's done with that, he's reading liberal Twitter. And when he's done with that, the country goes to hell. Bingo, man, bingo. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon is fired up to bring you an embarrassment of Radio Riches in this hour. Andy Biggs, a representative from the Fighting 5th Congressional District of Arizona, is going to stop by to talk about the hullabaloo in the House of Representatives. Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, demanding to get back on the intel community. Kevin McCarthy standing his ground. Step into my office. Why? Because you're fired. But Biggs will tell us what comes next as they begin the investigations into the Biden border catastrophe, the Afghan troop withdrawal, and of course we've got all this Hunter Biden stuff going on over there with the documents and everything else. Hunter's a dirtbag. Maybe so. Uh, But you might even disagree with that, at which point you'd be welcome to express yourself freely uh, at 888-788-9910. That is the phone number if you want to be a part of the shindig. Also the phone number if you don't want to be a part of it. I make that point frequently. We're not here for the validation you know, I'm a former New York City cab driver. I'm used to getting cursed out and shot ass. I, I honestly, I, I, I enjoy the chaos. I think more. Uh, but in this hour, that's good news for me because what happened in Washington yesterday was just so funny. And 
really, when you want to speak to the lack of self-awareness that comes from being too emotional when it comes to politics, that's kind of the theme in this hour. Something you hear me say a lot on this show is when you operate from a place of emotion, it denies you the ability to think and question whether or not you're doing something stupid. You know, like if you're angry, you're in a fight with somebody, you say things you might not mean. And when you make up later on, you know, all right, you know, sorry I didn't mean that. That's, you know, I didn't really mean to call you a, you know, alcoholic pirate hooker, Jenny. I still love you, baby girl. You know, that sort of thing. And uh, you make up, you turn it around and vice versa. Believe me, Jenny, <laughs> Jenny sees me come home from TV with the makeup on and she's like, who's this fat rodeo clown? <laughs> and then eventually the booze wears off and she says, sorry. She's like, you're not that fat. No, you're big boned. But the point being is you say these things when you're operating from a place of emotion. And what happened to our politics is for a lot of people, it's specifically on the left, I see it more than I see it on the right. Okay, I definitely see it on the right, on Twitter and on social media. But when you see it from left-wing leadership, it's different than when you see it from some guy who's blowing off steam on a toilet on Twitter. You know, guy killing time in line at the bank and he's staring at his phone. That guy operating from a place of emotion is trolling for likes and everything else. People getting in front of news cameras as elected officials and being denied the self-awareness of knowing they're a bunch of idiots, it's really a fascinating thing to behold. But yesterday, Adam Schiff, okay, the guy who told us we had definitive proof of Russian collusion, definitive proof, we know he colluded, we physically have the proof. Did he show us the proof? The answer would be no. No, it turned out to be the hot girlfriend who doesn't live around here. Hey, Schiff, can we see the proof? Not right now. She's on a modeling shoot overseas. How about today? We got the proof? No, no, she's, you know. It's walking the runway up in Vancouver. We'd love or some other time. We never got to see the proof. The point is he did that as a member of the Intel Committee. You understand when people are told by the Intelligence Committee, the folks trusted with the most precious secrets in our country, the highest levels of intelligence and classified information in the world, okay, when they lie to the American people, it erodes trust in those institutions, okay? And understand that's exactly what Adam Schiff did, along with John Brennan and uh, James, you know, James Clapper, going on TV every damn day for three years and going, we've got proof of collusion. Trump colluded with, I'm telling you. These are guys that ran the CIA. These are guys that ran our intelligence apparatus telling you every day that there was collusion between the Trump administration and the Kremlin. It was made up by these sick people. Do you understand when everybody yells at you about conspiracy theories? Okay, there's no bigger conspiracy theory than Russia has seized control of our government from the Kremlin. It is now an Austin Powers movie where Dr. Evil has seized control of America. You shut your mouth, you bastard. But that's what we were told to believe by Adam Schiff. So you understand when he's thrown off the committee, it's for good reason. He has undermined faith in the institution. Just the same as Eric Swalwell. You're on the Intel Committee. You're tasked with protecting our most precious secrets. Eric Swalwell was dating a Chinese spy named Fang Fang. It's all over the Internet in bikinis and what have you. Hubba, hubba. But the point is, she's a Chinese spy. So if she has access to the bedroom, thinking would go, she has access to his communications and everything in between. And that was the intelligence briefing given to Kevin McCarthy when he decided to boot this guy from the Intel Committee. 
But yesterday, to make the case, he should still be on the app. This is my favorite thing in the world. Adam Schiff yesterday went on TikTok to declare that he belongs on the Intel community uh, the committee. This is political payback. He has valuable skills. In no way is he undermining faith in that committee. Adam Schiff did this on TikTok, an app that is owned and used by the Chinese government to spy on the American people. What an idiot. Do you understand when you talk about weapons grade stupid, this is a guy operating from a place of emotion. He doesn't stop to take the extra beat. Hey, is what I'm doing stupid? And in his head, it's not stupid. I'm going to make some political points. MAGA, Kevin McCarthy, payback, word salad, social justice, white supremacy. Ah, I'll just yell the big words. But didn't stop to do that extra edit where you pull out the red pen and go over every word in the document. And he didn't get to that last sentence, which, by the way, am I posting this somewhere I shouldn't, which in the answer of TikTok is always going to be yes. You should not be posting on TikTok. Entire state governments have banned TikTok from government phones because they know China is using it to spy on us. But Adam Schiff, who wants to be on the Intel Committee, goes on the China spy app and makes his case. I can only assume that up next we're going to get a testimonial on his behalf from a Nigerian prince. No, no, listen, I should be on. Listen to this prince who I helped smuggle the gold bars out of Nigeria. I just sent him my social security number. Listen to him tell you how careful I am. I should be on. That's Chef. And I want you to hear this because this is so crazy. Okay, he's trying to fundraise, of all things, on TikTok. Clip 18. Hello, I'm Congressman Adam Schiff with some troubling news. Today, Kevin McCarthy removed me from the House Intelligence Committee, all for doing my job, for holding Trump accountable and standing up to the extreme MAGA Republicans. <laughs> We knew it would be bad when the Republicans took over, but it's far worse than we expected. But I can promise you this. This is not the end of my fight for our democracy. This is just the beginning. Please join us and contribute today. Thank you. Please give us money. Did you hear that? And what did he say? I was kicked off the Intel Committee for holding President Trump accountable. That is a fact check false. He didn't hold President Trump accountable. He alleged knowingly that it was false at the time he alleged it that Trump colluded with Russia, that they stole the 2016 election. The very thing we're being told you're not allowed to say about 2020, he was alleging every day for three years on any cable news channel that would have him on. He gaslit the country over a stolen election, and he knew it wasn't stolen because they had the intel. They lied to get FISA warrants to spy on Trump Tower. They realized they were getting these warrants based on nothing more than a steel dossier. It was phony. It was opposition research bought and paid for by the Clinton campaign because she was looking for a distraction from her classified email scandal. She saw the poll numbers going the wrong way and said to herself, This is not okay. So they went out. And they started to launch a counter narrative. Oh, forget my emails. Trump's a Russian. Russians involved. There's this Alpha Bank story. He's communicating back channel with an Alpha Bank. Okay, but it turned out to be fraudulent. And we came to know before the Mueller probe started that it was fraudulent. Okay, James Comey is on record explaining at the 92nd Street why. You've heard the clip a thousand times on the show. 
that, no, no, we just sent some guys over to the White House. You know, if it was a more experienced administration, we wouldn't have been able to get an immediate meeting with the president and get him on record being briefed on the things we wanted to brief him on and not briefing him on the things we didn't want to brief him on. So we just walked right in the door, and he gets an applause break in that speech. I've played it on the show a 100 times. But the point is they were knowingly, knowingly faking this Russian collusion hoax, hoping Trump would self-destruct. There were leaks every day, death by a thousand cuts, hoping at one point he would self-destruct, fire Robert Mueller, and create the perception that there was a there there. Tell him like it is. Okay, Trump somehow managed not to implode. Okay, people in the room convinced him to just let this thing see its course. You're going to be fine, which he did. So when it comes to Adam Schiff, oh, I was thrown off for holding Trump accountable. Trump wasn't held accountable because there was nothing to hold him accountable for. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. But here is Adam Schiff, rightfully thrown off this committee. Okay, not only trying to fundraise, but he just announced today that he's running for Senate in Dianne Feinstein's old seat. Here is this campaign ad. It's fascinating. It's clip 41. I wish I could say the threat of MAGA extremists is over. It is not. Today's Republican Party is gutting the middle class, threatening our democracy. They aren't going to stop. We have to stop them. That's why I'm running for the U.S. Senate. The struggle isn't over. Not for me, not for you, not for our country. Together we can and will win this fight. But I need your help. Donate at adamschiff.com. Pay up, suckers. (laughs) I wish I could tell you the MAGA threat was gone. Don't you have any respect for yourself? No. But this is the straw man argument they're running on. Okay, you understand? Inflation's at a 40-year high. Gas is going back up because they don't know what they're doing with domestic energy production. The murder rate's at a 35-year high. What are they running on? What are they fundraising on? MAGA! I'm telling you, it's bad. It's coming back. Let's have some you and me time really quick, okay? Put on your little thinking cap, if you will, which I know I got a lot of nerve asking you to do as a guy who enrolled in community college and didn't even show up to class, okay? But put on your thinking cap for a second, okay, for real. MAGA, existential threat. We're all going to die, so send money to Adam Schiff. That's the claim here. Got to send the money to Schiff because the MAGA threat is bad as ever. Okay, so let's think about you. Let's think about your family. Let's think about the quality of life in this country. Was inflation at a 40-year high crippling low-income earners, single-parent households, minority families, and everybody struggling to get by? Was inflation at a 40-year high under this existential threat called MAGA? The answer would be no. Okay, interesting. The border has hit an all-time high in illegal border crossings, making fentanyl the number one cause of adult death in America over the course of the last two years under Joe Biden. Was that the case under this extreme MAGA? The answer would be no. Okay, interesting. Average price of gas right now creeping back up towards $4 a gallon. Okay, was it within a dollar seventy of that price under MAGA. The answer would be no. Really weird. Okay. How about the murder rate? Just throw it in for good measures. The murder rate at a thirty five year The answer would be no. Weird. So do you understand? I don't care if you like Donald Trump. It's not my job. Not political show. Okay. One way I do not care. But you have to be honest when you're assessing the country. And what Democrats do very successfully is they make these elections about issues that don't matter. 
You understand? When Hillary Clinton lost in 2016, okay, she was positioned to win, but she ran on what? Not in MAGA. He's Hitler. He's got racist, white supremacist. That didn't matter. Why didn't it matter? Because it wasn't true, and we knew it wasn't true. You understand, Donald Trump was a member of polite society. We didn't always like his behavior. He could be, you know, pugnacious. He'd insult people. You know, someone asked him a question he didn't like it. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Seriously, someone called him out for something he did on Celebrity Apprentice. You You ought to be ashamed of yourself. But the point is, okay, we knew Trump had that little bit of a bombastic personality, but we also knew that he wasn't what they were making him out to be. If Hillary Clinton said Donald Trump was literally Hitler, then what were her and Bill doing at Donald Trump's marriage to Melania? What were they doing at Hitler's wedding? Besides, you know, pumping Hillary up full of, you know, cosmos so Bill could go hit on the bridesmaids. I believe that together we can make America great again. But stick with me. Okay, if Trump was literally Hitler, as they were telling you on NBC, then what were they doing giving him a TV show for 14 years called Celebrity Apprentice? aiding and abetting Hitler's rise to power? How about The View? How about Rosie O'Donnell? How about Howard Stern? How about Joe and Mika and all these people who had him on? Okay, you understand the reason they couldn't stop Trump is they weren't telling the truth. Trump got onto that campaign trail and prioritized the truth about our country. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. And judging by this Adam Schiff campaign ad, we still do. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America. Your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Trying to hold this country together. Such a mess out there right now. Fighting over this Intel Committee stuff because Andy Biggs is coming by. And, uh, you know, nobody knows better than Andy Biggs how petulant it can get in the House of Representatives while it's kids throwing fits. Mom! Here's Eric Swalwell's clip. So Swalwell, as I said, is sleeping with a Chinese spy. Okay, why do spies sleep with Washington politicians? Is it because they're attracted to them? The answer would be no. No. Have you ever watched like a James Bond movie? Like, I don't doubt some of them were attracted to James Bond. These are, you know, Roger Moore, Sean Connery's are good looking guys. But the point is, these women, okay, are in the business of shacking up with these dudes because they're trying to get secrets out of them. They're trying to get, you know, these congressmen into a compromising position by having them in a compromising position, if you will. I love it when you talk dirty. But the point is, Swalwell, after being told, hey, this woman that was around you and your campaign and your communications and your phone and your life, uh, she's a spy. You know, it's like the guy meets a girl, she really likes him, and then you come to find out she's on the clock, she's working. That's Eric Swalwell. Hey, I got this gorgeous Asian woman really into me. And, and she is. He's right. They hook up. It goes great. And you find out the next morning she wants a couple of bucks for the evening. That is Eric Swalwell. That's why he is off the Intel Committee. Now, to be clear, Kevin McCarthy, I played you his sound yesterday, did not say they can't be on any committee. It's just not this one. 
But here is Swalwell vowing revenge. It is clip 17. Even though we have said publicly these smears are bringing death threats, he continues to do it, which makes us believe that there's an intent behind it. But we will not be quiet. We're not going away. I think he'll regret giving all three of us more time on our hands. But at the end of the day, our mission now is to restore the credibility and integrity of this institution of which the speaker has so gravely, so gravely smashed and destroyed. You are a sad, strange little man. (laughs) There's death threats. That's why McCarthy doesn't care. That's why. So that's what we're down to now. You slept with a spy. You compromised the national security of the entire country. But you should still be allowed to keep the position because somebody on Twitter called you a jerk. I mean, dude, is this this is what it's been reduced to now? These are the qualifications. Embarrassing stuff, Swalwell. Democrats are so full of crap. It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. It is. The high-flying, death-defiant Fox Across America. Back in action. It's a big Thursday. I got a lot going on. Coming up on the evening edit with Liz McDonald. Supposed to be on the Sean Hannity show tonight at 9 p.m. There's a lot going on in TV land. Tomorrow I'm on Hannity in front of a live studio audience. Saturday night I will be with Lawrence Jones Cross Country. Monday morning, I'm back on America's Newsroom with Bill and Dana. And then Monday night, I will be on Gutfeld with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. There's a lot happening uh, if you happen to be watching Failavision. Uh, we've kind of taken over the Fox News channel. It's crazy. I mean, we're everywhere. We're on like, every show. And the reason we are is because of you. It is not because of me. I don't say this to be modest, okay? I am t- I'm just straight confessing. Like, I show up. I have an opinion. I'm a pretty relatable guy because I used to drive a cab. But the reason it works is because there is an audience of regular, hardworking, decent people like yourselves that frequent this channel. If everybody watching was an elitist snob, I couldn't do this. I couldn't have this run on MSNBC. I couldn't do this over at CNN. CNN is the worst. No, but the people watching, I wish them no ill will, are just there for moral superiority. They want to be told they know better than these MAGA people, these folks in the middle of the country, the flyover states, they call you. Yo, if you live in a flyover state, you are a genius, okay? Cost of living's lower, okay? You don't have the high taxes that we do here on the coast. You don't have the government stampeding into every aspect of your life. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Believe it. Okay, so you guys in the flyover states are getting looked down upon and sneered at by these elitist snobs in the driveover states. New York, California, those are driveover states. (laughs) Every time you get behind the wheel, you're driving over a needle or some type of human waste in the side of the road. It's disgusting. But the point is, I'm able to do what I do and be as omnipotent on the TV right now as I am because there is an audience for what I do. You guys aren't taking yourselves seriously. I am frequently on the air making fun of myself. You'll see me at night wearing ridiculous clothes or talking about some stupid thing I did or what have you in an effort to make a larger point about something going on in the world. It's called humility. And the people consuming the Fox platform have that same humility. You're hardworking, good people who are in on the joke that if you live in this country, I don't want to hear a word about white privilege or cis, hetero, male. What? Shut up. 
Okay, if you live in this country, you have hit the lottery. We're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. That's what makes us different. That's our party. If you're listening to Fox News, the party is America, man. And, you know, I'm just an American guy, you know, in a lot of ways. Some things I'm really good at, some things I don't know anything about, but I'm honest with you about that. I'm not trying to pretend to be some omnipotent, all-knowing media superpower. Just the guy who has, you know, same issues you do. You know, that's the hook. That's how this works. That's why it works. And joining me now is another fantastic American who's in on the joke. If you live in this country, you have hit the lottery. Okay, you have American privilege, not white privilege or the patriarchy. Shut up. American privilege. If you live in America, you live in the world's 1%. Okay, you know, Bernie Sanders likes to say the 1%. Okay, no, no, you live in the world's 1%. You have the best quality of life in the world. You're in the upper 1%. And joining us now, a guy who is in on that joke uh, from the Fighting Fifth Congressional District of Arizona, Representative Andy Biggs is here. Hey, man. Jimmy, good to be with you. How about it? I'm on one of my patriotic rants. A good thing you called in. I was about to start playing the fife and drum. <laughs> At the same time. Yeah, no, I'm talented. You don't understand. I got real skills over here, Biggs. You got you to gotta do things. Don't forget I was a cab driver. So I'm constantly I'm driving down the street, getting yelled at on the phone by my wife, and breaking up a fight between a mariachi band in the back seat. <laughs> well, that's why I wondered why you had cymbals on your knees, because you can play the cymbals along with the fife and drum. It's fantastic. <laughs> Listen, you got to You got to the, the rent don't pay itself in New York. You got to multitask. <laughs> you got to multitask. Um, I want to start here because we were just having a good laugh about uh, uh, what I consider to be addition by subtraction on the Intel committee. Is there anything funnier than Adam Schiff making the case that he should still be on the committee via TikTok, a Chinese spy app? <laughs> well, well, no, because the thing is, he's, there's no sense of irony in this guy, right? Uh -huh. I mean, it, it, he just doesn't see it. There's no mirror. He, there's no mirror in his office. Otherwise, he would see himself and go, oh, my gosh, I've got to change. Uh, and he, and throw, <laughs> throw in uh, Swalwell. I mean, those two guys, uh, what, uh -huh. they're a laugh riot. I mean, somebody had to know about those two a long time ago. They're still, they're still advertising the Russian hoax. I know. Isn't that crazy that he's still running on the Russia thing? But the yeah. fact that you're on TikTok, which we, I mean, listen, we have entire state legislatures throwing out fit TikTok. Like, you can't use it, delete the app, throw away the phone, as we famously heard from Mark Warner, a Democrat. Okay? You can't be on TikTok. So, like, I, I keep wondering, like, what's next for Schiff? Is he going to give us a testimonial from a Nigerian prince that he helped uh, smuggle gold bars with? Well, actually, uh, Joe Biden's going to give him a testimonial because <laughs> Joe Biden always tells the truth. Uh, you, you know, he's going to say uh, he conducted, uh, uh, you know, what, what? I mean, Corn Pop is going to show up and, and give him a testimony. What, what is going on with Biden and, and Schiff and the fact that you have constant liars from the far, far left of the Democrat Party? Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's fascinating because we're in this weird junction right now, even as it, when it goes with like the classified document stuff. We're, we're watching these this weird thing where the story is changing every day, but they're at the same time changing the story, claiming they never told the uh, the original one. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's weird. So this is my question. It's like, does Biden not know we have tape recorders because he'll say something on Monday, completely disavow it on. T I never said that. And I'm like, dude, we're watching the instant replay. So do you think there's like a part of him that's in a state of arrested development when it comes to technology and he still thinks it's 1958? 
No, no, he doesn't think it's 1958. He's living in 1958. <laughs> that's that's where it is. That's why he keep, uh, keeps asking for, you know, life cereal <laughs> and all that crap, you so, know. So are you telling me, like, when, when, when the White House says we're going to party like it's 1999, it's because that's the year they think it is? Not because <laughs> not of the Prince exactly. song. <laughs> exactly. There, look, he's living in 1958. He's never even heard of the uh, Apollo space program. Does, doesn't even know exists. <laughs> that's funny. We're going to get a press conference where Biden is vowing that by the end of the decade we could put a man on the moon and bring him home safely. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. Exactly. And you know what? He's never never been above plagiarism, so he's going to stand up there and say, if not now, when? If not us, who? <laughs> I thought his four score and seven years ago speech yesterday was pretty impressive. I don't know where he got that. <laughs> oh, Biggs. We're talking to Representative Andy Biggs from the Fighting Fifth Congressional District of Arizona. One of the things he did yesterday was we're talking about Ukraine, and uh, he got the country wrong. He said, we're trying to counter the aggression by Ukraine. And then he went on to uh, not know the names of his secretary of defense, which is never a good look. My question to you is, okay, we joke about this stuff, and it's half of it is a coping mechanism because it's kind of horrifying. But even though our media doesn't want to highlight the fact that he's in some state of cognitive disrepair, does the rest of the world take their social cues from CNN and MSNBC or the rest of the world watching this and going, oh, no, this, you know, the engine's running, there's nobody behind the wheel? I, I think it's the latter. I, I really think that the rest of the world looks at it and says, uh, you know, these guys are just, uh, you know, they've lost control. They've got a guy who doesn't know uh, where he is. And I think that actually scares uh, the, the rest of the world because they've looked at the U.S. as a stabilizing force for now for so many decades. And now you got you got Joe Biden up there. Um, and you know he's talking about uh, he's more Jewish than than than. <laughs> well, he was raised Puerto Rican. He's more yeah. Jewish than the Jewish people. He went he to went black to... church growing up. He also yeah. got oil cancer from his mom's windshield wipers. <laughs> yeah, and, and so the point is, uh, you know, the, the rest of the world looks at it and they say, uh, like us, they would say this would be funny, except for. This is a great nation um, basically devolving before our very eyes, and it's the great nation that we've looked as a backstop against the bad guys of the world. And, uh, you know, there's no, stable, there's no stability in the world. The one thing you got to say, when Donald Trump was in there, he scared the crap out of all the bad guys, and yeah. so there was stability throughout the world, right? It is and, true. And, and so Joe Biden comes in, and first thing he does, he puts a new Iran deal together, gives them back all their all their money, and they they start uh, belligerence in the in the Middle East. And he tells the China, he says, "Yeah, I know, I owe you a lot still, and so you do your thing." And so they th- start threatening Taiwan. North Korea starts shooting missiles over North uh, over uh, Japan again. You, the whole thing is when you. When America is weak, the rest of the world's in danger, and it's not stable. And this guy, Joe Biden's not stable. That's bad. Arizona Representative Andy Biggs is on the phone. It's funny that we look at America right now. um, We're in a stage, like I used to follow boxing growing up, and there's always fighters that were licensed to fight when they should no longer be in the ring. Like Mm -hmm. there was one more, uh, Muhammad Ali was allowed to fight down in like Curacao one time in the 80s against Trevor Burbeck. And Muhammad Ali is one of the greatest fighters of all time. But, um, you know, he shouldn't have been fighting a parking ticket in court in the state they sent him into the ring in. And I feel like right now that's how they look at America, is that we're getting licensed to fight, uh, but we can't possibly have passed 
that medical examination if Biden's the guy we're sending into the ring. So you guys got a lot of work to do over there in the House of Representatives right now and kind of holding this thing in check. Let me throw a question at you about this whole debt ceiling deal. Okay, I've heard Elizabeth Warren on the Senate side of town say the real problem was the Trump tax cuts and we spent all this money. But tax cuts don't actually spend money, do they? No, in fact, in fact, uh, don't, don't ever listen to her, uh, because the reality is when you cut the taxes and the regulation, which we did both of, you saw record tax revenue, mm-hmm. and we still have record tax revenue. But you know what? We spend eighty to one hundred ten billion dollars more than that record tax revenue every month. So, so we're getting four hundred. A billion dollars a month in tax revenue, roughly, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little less, depending on the month. But we're spending over five hundred billion dollars. What's the problem? It, it's people with these wacky uh, programs, like like she likes to put in place. I, my favorite is the uh, drag queen show down in Ecuador, funded by the State Department. Small small potatoes, but I mean. I, uh, for, to what end was that? <laughs> Ask not what you can do for your country. <laughs> what your country can do for the drag industry in Ecuador. Isn't that the famous quote? Am I getting it wrong? It's, it's, well, it's as close as, as Joe Biden could get. So that's not bad. <laughs> not is, bad. It's, yo, it, it really is unbelievable in that we're just like, I feel like we're fighting so many of the wrong battles. That's the frustration I think a lot of people yeah. have. And it's definitely one when it comes to education. Like one thing I would throw at you, man, is, you know, DeSantis catches holy hell down in Florida, but he's he's flying into a storm that parents support. Glenn Youngkin did it in the party, too, in Virginia. OK, this is not a losing issue for the Republican Party. The Democrats kind of had a monopoly on education for a long time, and we kind of realized they shouldn't have. That was the one gift of the lockdowns going on two years longer than we were promised, is people started to pay attention to what was being said in a classroom, and they were like, wait, what? And all of this, like, drag queen stuff and everything else they're subjecting little kids to do. It really is bananas. So, you know, in addition to all the other work, and I know we're filming a reality show in the house now called America's Got Investigations, but we, which is probably a good thing, but uh, fight the good fight on education if you can find a way, Biggs. That's my advice to you. Yeah, look, I come from a state that leads in, in school choice, yeah, most parental choice in the country. We've got the most innovative programs, and you know what? Parents love it. And yeah. someone told me, I don't. I, I even find this hard to believe that 40% or so of students now are in, uh, and uh, they're in some other kind of education format than the traditional public schools. I don't know if that's true, because the, the last I saw was about in the in the mid 20s. But, but wow, yeah, that that's what parents want. They want to control. And make sure their kids educated. Yep. They don't want them indoctrinated. They want them educated. Could you imagine? And uh, it's 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 fascinating that we've got a political party that, rather than teaching kids to add numbers, wants them to subtract their genitals. It's a weird time to be alive, man. But let me. Oh, 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 you've been waiting. I mean, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. I, wanna... I, I could say anything to you. I don't build up. You don't get a build up to what I think might be the risque content on this show. You and me are playing prison rules. Now stick with me. That's great, man. Yeah, well, there you go. But I mean, what I do. But stick with me. Hold on. Because um, the one other point I wanted to make about this is the Democrats are fighting the straw man argument about all of these other things, like we said, with drag and pronouns. And it's not that we don't believe people should feel tolerant and accepted and everything in between. It's that I think in a lot of ways the reason they wage this fight 
is because they don't want to engage on the issue of school choice, which is the Democrats actively holding back kids because of all the money they get from teachers unions. They don't they won't even entertain school choice and they'll tell you wanting to debate it as racist. So you guys got a lot done in Arizona. But isn't it kind of a hustle that they, you know, do so much name calling around curriculum without acknowledging who's trapping kids and failing inner city schools? Yeah, well, it's it's always a distraction. It's a grift. It's it's uh, you're on to their con, mm-hmm. and and now most American parents are on to the con. But as long as they can distract you and say, oh, yeah, but you know, you, we got to take care of of, of pronouns, etc., then they can then they can just continue on their course. It's a grift. They make money, uh, oodles of money, and it's a laund- it's a laundrette. Of, of, of government money. Think about that, because what's happening is we take it from the taxpayer, we give it to to the, the schools, and they give it to the teachers. Teachers launder it through the unions. Unions launder it back, and and they they keep it. It's, it's to keep the same program in place. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nuts. It's, it's what I like to say. We're on a suboptimal path. A short-term exit can cost, but when you get to the right path, it's, it's going to be really good. And that's where we need to go. All right, I dig it. I take it. But the point is the, the, kids, the kids don't have a lobbyist group, so the Democrats aren't going to change their position unless the kids start donating. But at this point, the kids need the money to tip the strippers at the drag shows, so nothing's going to change. Biggs! Epic hang as always. Be well. We'll do it. We'll talk soon, buddy. All right, Jimmy. Take care, man. You're the best. There he goes, the great Andy Biggs. There we go back after this. Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Folks, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you know we have a senior correspondent to France who takes time out of her daily happy hour routine to listen to our show and correspond from time to time. It's been a minute since we've had Linda from France on, but we're going to bring her back right now. I got a bad feeling about this. No, no, it's going to be okay. Linda! Hey, Jimmy. Oh, hey, girl. Hey, girl. How you living over in France? You want me to say that in French? Salut, Oh, Linda, that's hot. Yeah, say it again. Salut, so silly. Um, what's going on in France? Well, yesterday was my birthday, so I could oh. all do a Marilyn Monroe impression of happy birthday, but that would take too much time. Yeah, we got a minute here, uh, but happy birthday. <laughs> and Marilyn Monroe, you're not supposed to sing it to me. We, we should sing it to you. So I'll have Mikey send you a, a video yeah, in a no, sultry no, outfit. Oh, all right, that's awesome. All right, so my point was George Santos. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I seriously, I think the Republicans need to take this moment. I agree. Take. I, I agree with exactly where you're going. Are you saying get rid of him? Use him as an example. Yep. They need to prevent him from committees. They need to denounce him. They should get rid of they him. They need to force the vote back to the people, and they need to use this as an example of what the Republicans how you're not they, wrong. Uh, let me let me just jump in about, and add to this because we're like 30 yeah, seconds out, no. but I'll, I'll let you say more. I just had this conversation with Jenny. Okay, the Republican justification is, well, Biden's a lying sociopath. You know, Schiff is a liar. You know, Elizabeth Warren's a liar. All of that is true. But this is a race to the bottom if we just keep putting terrible people into office because the other side does it. The end result is nothing but terrible people in office, Linda. You get it. Stick with whatever wine you drank for this call. I love you, girlfriend. We'll do it again soon. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go. 
Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country on the planet. We are, of course, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. The thing you watch on TV all the time. All the big shows. The Hannity, the Gutfeld thing. It's all here. Tucker, Laura Ingalls, where it all happens. Outnumbered, America's newsroom. I'm here. I'm in that place you watch on TV all the time. Doing radio uh, the old-fashioned way, where you can say what you want, believe what you want, think what you want. I'm not here to be in charge of your life or your vote or anything in between. I'm just, like, sort of in charge of the show. Okay, that's about it. Sort of in charge. Like, they kind of let me run wild, do my own thing. But uh, the fox is not stupid. There's a guy with a cattle prod, like, an inch away if I wander off the right. Oh! You know, they get me back on track. But uh, 888-788-9910. If you want to share your own opinions, you, of course, will not be held to the cattle prod standard. They can't reach you from where you're at, so you can call up say anything you want. We got a dump button. You don't scare us. We just put on drunk Linda from France in the last hour. You think we're scared? We got a working dump button, folks. Bring it on. But uh, in this hour, Diamond Dave Landau, speaking of the dump button, uh, nationally touring comedian, one of my favorite pals in the business, is going to stop by to discuss, man, oh boy, oh man. You know the woke left. They're crazy. This is what they really are. I want you to understand this. There's a thing in this country going on called cultural arson. And what I mean by that is there are people who get out of bed every day and they set little fires in corners of the world we were fine with that didn't have any problem that nobody was concerned with. They set little fires over pretend stupidity so they themselves can then put out the fire they started and claim to be a good person. Claim to be more enlightened, more woke, more in tune to the struggle than you are. Okay, there is an entire industry of people that get out of bed looking for something we should all be offended by. And yes, scientists have a word for them. They're called idiots. Okay, just losers. I don't know, whatever you want to call them. More, I don't care. But I'm going to read you this. And it's going to take me a minute to read it. Not because it's long, but because the... Woke word salad I'm about to spit out is so mind-numbingly stupid that it hurts my brain to read it. And I'm only sharing it with you because this happened to me on live TV this morning. I was on Fox and Friends first at 5.45 a.m. this morning. We've posted the hit on the Fox Across America website, foxacrossamerica.com. But at 5 in the morning, I'm on set with Todd Pyro. Carly Shimkus now on maternity leave. Godspeed to the Shimkuses. About to have a baby. And so sitting in for Carly Shimkus, another equally brilliant and talented woman by the name of Ashley Strohmeyer, my buddy Stro, she is sitting in. So it's me, Pyro, and Ashley Strohmeyer on the set. So you got two TV people, Todd and Ashley, and you got one guy who looks like he installs TVs being me. And we're sitting on the set having a genuine good faith conversation. And poor Todd Pyro is tasked with reading... (laughs) (laughs) He's tasked with reading a statement uh, from this, man, oh boy, oh man, this professor who's giving a lecture at the University of Vanderbilt down in Nashville. My people. Nashville's great, man. Pancake pantry, good breakfast food. Got all the barbecue joints. We just did New Year's down in Nashville. Fox is still paying the bar tab for that one. Me, Hegseth, and Will Kane put up some numbers. Not to mention Sean Duffy, who is uh, 
no stranger to that beer tap himself. But the bottom line is Nashville, which is a stampeding herd of humanity, one of the best places in the world. It is not immune to wokeness because there are colleges there, one of which hosted a lecture by assistant professor Louis Leva. Uh, he delivered a lecture at the as a major mathematician meeting. Okay, they have something where mathematicians from all over the world come. And they discuss, you know, we got to move math forward. You know, how do we change the curriculum? How do we help the students learn better? What are we doing? So at the meeting, he delivered a lecture. This is what poor Todd Pyro had to read on live television and get the words out of his mouth. It's a lecture called Undergraduate Mathematics Education as a White Cis Hetero Patriarchal Space and Opportunities for Structural Disruption to Advance Queer of Color Justice. What the hell did you just say? This is what the lecture's called, again. All right, everybody, get into the ballroom. I'm going to give a lecture on undergraduate mathematics education as a white, cis, hetero, patriarchal space and opportunities for structural disruption to advance queer of color justice. What the hell is the world coming to? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> the first is so amazing. This lecture uh, states that the findings depict how black, Latin... Latin with a star, because that's a new subgroup for Latin people. Latinx, none of the Latin people said it. Democrats, white people like this professor invented it. So they added a star, just as a new frame of Latin that the white folks are trying to force on the Latino community. Findings depict how black Latin star and Asian QT students' narratives of experience reflect forms of intersectionality or instances of oppression and resistance at intersecting systems of white supremacy and cis hetero patriarchy i mean this is ridiculous come on man he added in addition i highlight findings that illustrate structural disruptions defined as educational structures and practices that resist intersectional oppression in undergraduate stem second part of the lecture focused on coping strategies amongst qt students queer trans coping strategies amongst queer trans students of color navigating white sitter Cis heteropatriarchy in STEM for protecting their academic success and intersectional identities. Now, the question you might be asking, as I was when I watched poor Tard Pyro try to read this live on the air, was what the hell does this have to do with math? I think he's got a point. Because the answer to what the hell it has to do with math is absolutely nothing. To put it in the country terms of Nashville, you're absolutely right. This has nothing to do with math. Professor goes on to say, I apply my framework and research findings to argue how undergraduate mathematics education operates as a white, cis-heteropatriarchal space that limits learning opportunities, affirming of queer or color identities and experiences. I conclude by reimagining undergraduate mathematics education with structural disruptions that advance justice for learners marginalized across intersections of race, gender, and sexuality, the man says. That was absolutely dreadful. And he goes on to say he works on research that explores narratives of oppression and agency across historically marginalized groups' educational experiences to uncover interlocking functions of racism and cis-heteropatriarchy in undergraduate STEM. So apparently undergraduate STEM programs are exhibiting interlocking functions of racism and cis-heteropatriarchy. What 
the hell does any of that mean? And I got to be honest with you. The answer, are you ready for it, is absolutely nothing. It means nothing. It's just ab- pulling straight word salad out of like a grab bag, like a potluck dinner, a verbal potluck. Or I'll bring a little cis hetero this, normative racist that, structural and set. What the hell does that even mean? You'd have to Google half of the terms I just said to you. Okay, but the point is, it all adds up to a manufactured grievance. When you look at the issues facing the world, okay, because the world, in truth, it does not function as hyphenated Americans. It does not function as hetero, cis, hetero, binary, non-binary. You know what it functions as? People. People. We all have the same needs. All of us. Every single one of us. We want to make money. We want to stay safe. We want to eat some good food. We want to watch the shows we like. We want to have a few laughs. We want to travel. We want to go to a ball game. We want to play ball. We want to get a little sleep. Maybe we want to go to the gym. In my case, gym's bar and grill, if we're being honest. You're killing yourself the way you eat. You're a fat Look at you. Maybe so. But the point is, we all want these same pursuits. And how we go about getting them is no different for me than it is as someone who identifies as like, a dog. Seriously, whatever you identify, it's all the same thing. You got to go to work and do a decent job so you can hold on to it and make a couple of bucks. You got to go home without committing some type of major violent crime, although you'll probably hold on to your freedom if you do, the way things are going right now with all these woke bail reforms. Everything woke turns to Seriously. But the point is, we all want the same things, and the way to go about getting them is the same for all of us. Okay, do your best. Self-reliance, personal proficiency, hold yourself to a high standard. Hey, I want to get hired. I'm going to demonstrate that I'm good for this job. You know, if your job involves math, here's a newsflash. You got to be good at adding. You got to be good at subtracting. You got to be good at division. Okay, no one's going to hire you as an accountant because you have a background in highlighting how the cis-hetero patriarchal law of intersectionality and structural grievance is affecting QT academia in the black community. I promise you, every time a white guy gets in front of a microphone or a news camera or a lecture hall and tries to demonstrate to the community just how in touch he is with the struggles of the black community, just how strong that connection is, What he ultimately winds up demonstrating is that there is no connection at all. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. No connection. This is manufactured grievance. What people are trying to do now, it's become a branding exercise, okay, is they're getting mad on behalf of people who didn't ask them to. Okay, imagine you walk into work, right, and someone goes, oh, you look nice today. Oldest joke in the book is, oh, today? What do you mean? I didn't look nice yesterday. Ha, ha, ha. He, he, he. But now imagine there's a bystander there that's like, how dare you talk to her like that? This is the patriarchy at work. You would never say that to somebody. How dare you minimalize her intellectual contributions? You're holding her back in the workforce, and the blood is on your hands for decades of females struggling to break in. Okay, that's what this is. The black community was not getting out of bed today. 
at a time when inflation is crushing them, just like everybody else. This is the joke here. It's, we're all the same, okay? Inflation affects all of us the same. The border affects all of us the same. Crime affects all of us the same. Okay, understand, the joke is that we're living in separate worlds. Well, no, it's easy for you to say. You're not a victim of the cis heteropatriarchal structural grievances of black and QT students. Such, of course, you can get on TV and laugh about it, Jimmy Fallon. But you understand that's the grift. They're getting offended on behalf of people who didn't ask for the offense so they can get something out of it. Money, 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 money. Ever. That's what this guy's doing. He's giving a lecture at the mathematician's conference highlighting this manufactured grievance you couldn't even say in a complete sentence and then saying, you know, and at the end, if you guys give me some cash here, I can work harder to highlight these inequities in society. Finally, again, enough with the murder rate and the inflation and the fentanyl and the border and the crime and the gas prices, lack of affordable housing, the bureaucratic boot on the neck of small businesses, the runaway tax rate, the out-of-control spending in Washington. Enough of that crap already. Where's the person with the guts to take on <laughs> the need for coping strategies amongst QT students of color navigating white cis heteropatriarchy in STEM for protecting their academic success and intersexual identities. I am your hero. I am here to say I will take this on. And you know what the black community is saying to this white guy? Get him out of here. Get him out. Nobody asked for this. They are cultural arsonists. This is a pretend grievance being thrown out into the world. There are corners of the world right now that criminalize gay existence, throw you off a building, they'll throw you in jail. Okay, I only know this because I had to do my research on Disney. And at a time when they were gaslighting Florida for what they were claiming to be a don't say gay bill, Bill never said gay once anywhere in the legislation. Disney was outed as doing business on Disney Plus in 12 countries that criminalize gay people. So I guess we have some issues. <laughs> and they shut up. They switched CEOs. They ended their fight with DeSantis because they realized they were fighting a straw man argument, just like this idiot out here right now. Okay, and understand this is the scam of the time we're living in. Nobody is oppressed in this country. You cannot openly discriminate against anybody, and that is a good thing. There's not a job on earth you can hold if you get out there and say, I don't like these people. Unless you're talking about white people or Christians, in which case, yeah, you'll probably get a promotion. But the point is there's no other race of people out there that you can go publicly forward as stating you are against, do not uh, you know, want their existence, do not acknowledge their right to equality, and not get doxxed and fired from your job within 30 seconds of you saying it. And because most of these struggles are long gone, Okay, and you can no longer profit, raise money and cultural clout off of them. We now have people inventing them as a means of getting ahead. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I just got a text from one of our listeners in Tyler, Texas. The great Debbie Spears loves the show. 
She said I was talking too fast in the last break. Debbie Spears just texted me that. You're amazing. We learned so much from you. But you were talking so fast, I could barely understand you in that last break. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. You're dead to me, Spears. Moving on. I kid. You guys stop it. Debbie Spears, everybody listening, you guys are the best. We're talking right now about pretend grievance. Dave Landau's coming on. Diamond Dave's a comic. You hear him on the show a lot because, uh, like myself, he is a parent. And we are very, as comedians, the reason jokes work in comedy clubs is because we find universal truths that complete strangers who've never met us before agree on. Every joke hangs on some type of acceptance of a point. Like if you were telling a joke about the Titanic, you know, if you said that the Titanic, now there's a bad cruise. We all agree it was a bad cruise. There's no one that's going to argue with you that it was a good cruise. They're going to go, well, that's because you didn't eat the chicken on night two. Uh, bad cruise. What do you know? No, no, no. It was a bad cruise. If, if 3,000 people died, it's a bad cruise. That's the point. And what we're doing now in this age of manufactured grievance, it jumps out so much to us as comedians because everything we do hinges on some type of accepted truth. Jokes don't work if you don't agree with the point. Okay, and what we're watching happen now is we're watching objective truths be taken away from our society. Like we are being told there is no biological difference between a man and a woman. But think about, I play you a clip from Kindergarten Cop all the time about how this was like the, you know, the gag of the century in 1986 or 87 when Kindergarten came, Cop came out because a little kid said what? Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. And it was like this awkward humor. In Kindergarten Cop, and why did it work? Because it was an acknowledgement of truth. Okay, these professors out there lecturing you about the cis-heteropatriarchal math system. No, the truth is you can either add or you can subtract. Math problems don't allow room for discrimination. And we're going to have this chat like big boys and girls after this. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, we are fired up to talk to this next guest for a multitude of reasons. Not only a phenomenal comedian that you can see at Hilarity's Comedy Club in Cleveland this weekend, right there on Euclid Street. You can also see him the following week at The Block in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. That is next Friday, February the 3rd. Fort Walton Beach, Florida, the block, Friday, February the 3rd. But in addition to being a comedian, uh, a lot of his work is him highlighting the fact that mathematics function as a white, cis, heteropatriarchal space that limits learning opportunities, affirming of queer or color identities and experiences. And he frequently reimagines undergraduate mathematics with structural disruptions that advance justice for learners marginalized across intersections of race, gender and sexuality. And he joins us now to explain why. Diamond Dave Landau. Hey, girl. Hey, baby. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm glad. <laughs> wow. That, uh, I forgot. The, oh, that made me sick just now. I'm I know. Sorry. Like, dude, let's talk about this. Uh, I right. was on TV this morning with Todd Pyro, who had to read that live on the air. So I promised him I would read it live on my station out of solidarity. What, is he, what does that even mean? Math is add, subtract, multiply, divide. 
it's the math problems don't have different answers depending on cis heteropatriarchal or whatever the hell I just was forced to say. Well, it's definitely divide now. I'll give you that much. Um, <laughs> That's funny. The uh, the guys. Well, let's just be glad he's not teaching English. It's. I mean, his English is just a car crash. Even when I read what he called how it was cis, uh, whatever, catchphrasealistic, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever it was, I'm like, I don't even understand how that's how you can describe a human being. And the first thought I had is like, this is why I don't want my son to go to college because it's like, what's he, what's the point? So he could just come back and hate his family, hate his country, hate his genitals, and then have to go to grad school to work in a coffee shop. <laughs> Dude, it's it's exactly <laughs> what they're doing. First of all, there's never been a better time, if you're listening out there, to learn a trade than right now. They pay well. You don't need the college degree. You don't have to get rid of your genitals or hate America, as Diamond Dave said. And the, the, the truth is there's so many people that are responding to this type of teaching that are actually being made fragile, meaning they don't have the work ethic think of the self-reliance. Like if you wanted to get ahead in the, the work world, there's never been an easier time than right now, to be honest with you, because most people, not most people, but a good percentage of people listen to a lecture like this and nod their head. Yes. Like, oh, you know, it's about time we did something about the cis heteropatriarchal oppressive white male system of man. <laughs> Thank you. I have, a friend. I have a friend who everybody thought was going to die because he was such a failure. He drives a Maserati because he got into roofing and dropped out of high school. Now, I'm not saying that's what every kid should do, but I'm saying it's an option. Dude, every um, – That's true. Basically, when you're a plumber and you show up and you're like, I, this is a male part, this is a female part. If you're offended by that, you're not going to have power. Yeah, I love that. It's so funny that you say that because we were having this discussion like when Pete Booty Judge – if you remember when all the, the flight system went down like three weeks ago, do you remember this? Yeah, he did a yes, he did a wonderful job. I think <laughs> we should just keep keep giving yeah, him and the guy who steals luggage really did great for the Biden administration. <laughs> Well, it's it's a consolation, though, when your flight's not taking off and your roads aren't getting paved to know the transportation secretary is posting an Instagram video of pretend breastfeeding. Uh, it's, you know, <laughs> it kind of takes the sting out of your commute going yeah. sideways. Yeah, I mean, this guy takes an SUV a quarter mile from work and then takes a bike. He's a hero. <laughs> he's, he's reducing the problems in the environment. <laughs> but we, one of the points we were making is that he had, as one of his first deeds as transportation secretary, was the, the computer system, NOTAM, notice to air men, they casually changed to air missions because they didn't want the pronoun to offend pilots. And I think we've had this discussion. If you're going to hear the word men as a pilot, you should not, and you're not emotionally equipped to deal with it. In what world should we let you be in charge of the lives of 300 other people? Right, and I think they got to work on it a little bit. Like they need a Sully, because so far Amelia Earhart's still the most famous female pilot. <laughs> weren't and you the one who told me? Weren't you the one that, that told me that Sully intentionally downed the plane in the Hudson because he heard men and not missions? <laughs> I was the one. That's my theory. That's what they. <laughs> That's what they call a bird strike it's because a, of defense of De Gales. She can't. <laughs> Diamond Dave Landau. Go ahead. Of course, I think women can fly. I don't want anybody to be offended by that. That's I so clearly. Funny. But yeah, I, I think on so many women too that are military and everything get into there, and it's like, who are who are you standing up for? 
Yeah. They know what they're doing. They're flying a plane. This is their craft. They're not going to go, I can't do this anymore. I was called an airman. It needs to be air person or air cis queer gender. <laughs> <laughs> uh, folks, we're talking to Dave Landau. Uh, you can see him at the block in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, next Friday, February the 3rd. It's actually perfect because I'll be flying out to Reno while you're on stage down in Florida. So fans of us could go see you Friday and go see me Saturday. You know what I'm saying? That would be the best weekend of their lives. Come on. Can you imagine? Now, be, because we're kind of bookending the country because you're in Florida and I'm in Reno. Uh, pound yeah. for pound, by the way, I would tell you, two of the best places you'll ever do comedy because you can't offend a crowd in northern Nevada. And i got to be honest. I've tried everything in Florida. There's just no offending these people. No, they're the best. That's why during the pandemic they took uh, four days off. <laughs> dude my opener when i'm on stage in florida is the club of baby seal and they're like oh this is yeah. great <laughs> like, this isn't bad at all you're like watch me kill the last three pandas <laughs> like i love it look at how he holds the gun this is amazing <laughs> no you can't offend them they're the best crowds on earth and do you get the feeling we have this discussion a lot but you know the fact that we're getting professors like this who, you know, do this stupid gobbledygook word salad stuff has kind of cartooned the other side, you know, in the culture wars so much so that I think people are starting to give comedians a longer leash. Now, to be clear, you and I never gave it up in a club like we didn't. And we deserve credit for that because a lot of comics now have the guts to be like you'd almost call it right wing because they're standing up for their speech rights. Uh, But we were doing everything you're doing in your act. You were doing in 2012. You were doing in 2015. And so was I. But do you get the feeling that other comics are now feeling a little more wind at their backs around the country? I do. I've noticed that, too, because a lot of the people that had even lectured me are kind of gone against any of my opinions. And even though I don't think I've ever veered from what I've thought, Mm -mm, mm -mm. you know, it's just you get pushed more right basically by whatever society is structured now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I don't think I've ever been. And now people who I've had, you know, I wouldn't say conflicts but disagreements with. Now they're saying the exact same thing. And it's like, oh, did you realize that it's important to have free speech as a comedian? Like, it's <laughs> it's not easy on stage to get in trouble for words. Like, that's why when Lenny Bruce was arrested, it was a bad thing. Like, are we not like I don't understand how any comedian can be like, look, we got to be careful what we say on stage. And yeah. It's like, no, no, you just shouldn't be a comedian yeah, you or t- an audience member. You, you you talk for a living, okay? If you talk right. for a living, you have to protect speech. Just like if you're a go-go dancer who does bachelor parties, you've got to protect the local ping pong store, you know, because you need yeah, those yeah, ping yeah. pong balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah you definitely <laughs> you need to do your tricks, and it's important. <laughs> It's like going, yeah. It's like being a stripper and saying, "I I'd prefer to wear clothes," and they'd be like, "I'm sorry, did you walk in here? Because you have to leave now." <laughs> you fired. <laughs> you fired is what you are. It's so true. Yeah, it's it's sad. It's just sad that people, and I think they don't realize because we are a free country in all seriousness that living in another place where they do limit that speech, or you can get in trouble or even killed for it. It's extremely dangerous. It's like, don't give them an inch because they will take a mile and another mile and another mile. I mean, that's the truth. And then even as a comic, it's like, it's the truth. It's like, stop messing with my job. It's the one thing I have. Oh, that's so true. And let's not act like us people who get into comedy are like normal functioning members of society. These are broken people seeking out the validation no. of strangers and willing to spend 23 hours in a La Quinta to get it. 
Yeah, the yeah, the only reason I don't have a needle in my arm in a hotel room is because I'm it's free speech. <laughs> the only way I can, the only reason I'm not drinking myself to death anymore, free speech. It's like that's not <laughs> it's it's helped me become a better person. You you depending are depending on who you ask. You are one censorship edict away from a tr- a chalk outline, is what you're telling oh, this crowd. Oh, it's going to be yes. I'm saying yes. I I am one one away from just back to the bottle. Can I tell you what you will laugh about this, but like really like getting real because I know you're like telling the truth. It's like in my darkest days as a cab driver. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm like, you know, we've both been there. You, what, what people would describe as like a rock bottom. Like, I, you know, I've had times in my adult life where I didn't have a bank account. Like I was living out of a sneaker box. You know what I'm saying? And I had a kid and a yeah. wife. And uh, like I would never, ever have consented to killing myself. This you might appreciate this is because like as a comic and a writer, I could never have made peace with the note I left behind. Meaning I'd always want to re-edit it. Like I was I was convinced. Do you know what I'm saying? I was convinced it would it wouldn't age well. Like, oh, this is great, but what if two years people read this? I'm like, oh, I can't believe he went with the joke about the pony. Really? You know what? As a matter of fact, I'm glad he offed himself writing like that. Yeah, now now that you look at it as culturally insensitive. <laughs> you get canceled. You get canceled at your own funeral. They're like, but did you hear the reference he said? <laughs> Yeah. Go. It's unbelievable. This is what he was a fan of. No, it's, it's it's so true, and even and that's what people don't even realize. Like, yeah, even as a broken person, and me considering the same thing, it's like even when I had a kid, I was like, well, now I can't. That's off the table. <laughs> now, I, now it's comedy or not? Like that's all I got. Isn't that funny? Do you remember like Louis C.K. had a bit about like. Uh, he goes. He was married. He goes. It wasn't until he had kids that he realized like I could have left. You know, this whole time. Oh, yeah, I the div- the divorce. Well, now that I think <laughs> divorce, about it, yeah. it's so funny you say that to the point of like suicide and everything else you wanted to do. Now that you had kids, you're like, I could have killed myself. Now I can't. Yeah, That's like, really I was like, yeah, I could have taken what they call the easy way out. It's not, but, uh, you yeah. know, whatever. <laughs> it been, yeah. Oh, man. But I got to, anyway, let's see if I can get a, a good date here in the, what, what part of Alabama. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> Yeah, it's the truth. I know it's dark at times, but it really does matter so much to me. And to watch people try to trounce on it into the last couple of years is just—it's enough already. And then this, where it's—it's it's math. Yeah, it's—it's well, it's a universal language. <laughs> but but that's where. All right, I was making this point before you came on. I said, as comics, you know, we're going on stage in front of three hundred people who who've never met us. They're strangers. Okay, and. It's a di- it's different now. People are showing up to see you and makes they know who we are, which is amazing. It's what you work your whole life to get to. But you get here by opening for people, you know, by going on shows for an audience that wanted to see comedy, but not necessarily you because they didn't know you and they didn't know me. And the right. way we work our way up to where we are is by telling jokes that only work because there is a universally accepted truth about whatever we're making fun of. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. the danger of this censorship right now is that they're taking away certain truths, like this whole cis, hetero, whatever the hell thing that tells you there's not a biological difference between a man and a woman. Now, we can make fun of the people spewing that lie, but the point is when society starts to uh, agree that that universal truth is not. It actually makes life harder on comics. So that's where comics are supposed to be fighting this battle. Absolutely. And the idea is you're supposed to be standing up for, like, the other people, the little guy. I think you are. 
Because the whole thing is, the, is this creation of division to keep us angry and divided with each other. Mm-hmm. And so you do have to step in, and that's what you do as a comic. And now there's never been more fodder for comedy, but at the same time, there's never been more people fighting against it and against logic and reason. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times comedy is just going, this is stupid and here's why. Yep. But then if half the audience is like, my, my daughter identifies as a goat, <laughs> and you're like, what? Well, you're like, I know, but... It, I get it in her face, but still, it, <laughs> still, it, she's a person, and I understand that human beings are flawed. Like it, it's very strange because it, yeah, it, it's just we've now hit a time where comedy is supposed to be the breath of fresh air that makes you go, oh yeah, that is kind of dumb. It's like it's like taking mushrooms. <laughs> like not that I have in many years, but you just kind of figure out for an hour that everything's kind of silly. We you talk. can look at a dog and go, isn't it weird we just keep animals? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk to this guy. Dave Landau is on the line. You can see him at the block in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, next Friday, February the 3rd. Go see Diamond Dave. Uh, you know, let me ask you this, because we're talking about yeah. weird experiences. Uh, did you have, um, you know, they had like this, we called it lead week when I was growing up. And they'd have a guy come in and he'd speak about it was like a just say no week. So you'd have a guy who talked about how his life went sideways because of gambling, because of drinking, because of drugs. Did you have any of those speakers specifically in high school? Uh, I, I did. Yes. Okay. I had a couple. So I, and, I just want... uh, now now I get to be one. Yeah. <laughs> you come full circle. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. OK, <laughs> at, at your most debauched, did you ever find yourself in a classroom as I did listening to the lecturer? Knowing that you had done so much worse than what he was scaring your classroom with. I'm not even kidding. In high school, I was on worse than what he was uh, scaring the classroom <laughs> I'm with. No, I'm not kidding. The gambling the guys guy. up there, <laughs> the guys up there like, talking about drinking and driving in an accident. And I'm thinking, like, really? I, I'm drunk, and I had to pick myself up with Coke just to get here. <laughs> God. And folks, we're making this. Not to encourage this type of behavior, but also to show people that are going through this right now, you can turn it around and do what we're doing. You know what I mean? We're on the radio for millions of people. You can actually bet on yourself, take back your life and turn it around is the point we're trying to make. And I was talking about this yesterday because my experience was a gambling guy. A guy came into my classroom when I was a senior in high school. And, um, you know, had the classroom at the point of tears because he owed someone like seven hundred dollars. And I was like, dude, I'm about to put on a I'm about to put on a blonde wig and go behind a Chuck E. Cheese, powder my Adam's apple and try to level up a thirty two hundred dollar parlay I lost in the NFL Monday night. And I'm like, like, (laughs) it's just hilarious. Go ahead. Sorry. It's 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 so true. But again, okay, it's real. It's true. Seven hundred. It's like, is that what you're here for? To pay dude. the bookie. I'm like, dude, you know that that dirty act you described doing to get 700. I would do that to you to get 350 towards my 3200 right now. Come on. I bet you said I bet you 700. I don't have <laughs> to a guy named Vincenzo. Yeah, uh. I, believe me, I've hit rock bottom. No, I, I truthfully, I, I was honestly in a class. It was our, I think it was junior year, mm-hmm. and and that's when we honestly had a guy talking about like dangers of drinking and driving and how he had been arrested. And at that point in my life, I'm not kidding, 
I had been arrested six times, and I was listening to a guy who had been arrested twice. And I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> Get some real stories and come back to me. Diamond Dave, you are here no longer. You're headed to the block in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. It is next Friday, February the 3rd. Everybody better be there. I'll talk to you soon, girlfriend. Thank you, sir. Back after this. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America. I'm about to take my TV talents over to the TV set uh, where I will be appearing on the evening edit with Liz McDonald tonight at 5.50 Eastern Standard Time on the Fox Business Network. And then at 9, I'll be talking about the media with the great Sean Hannity. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Maybe so, but we might discuss how to revive it uh, in the interest of all people, not just Republicans or Democrats, but America as a whole. That's kind of the mission statement. Uh, Tomorrow I'm on Hannity for a live studio audience. Saturday night I'll be with Lawrence Jones Cross Country. Monday... I'm back on Gutfell with our lovable comedy dwarf. And, of course, along with Dana Perino and Bill Hemmer, I will be gracing the set of America's Newsroom. But as far as radio goes, this one's over. You got some Lincoln Fela action coming your way tomorrow. Democratic strategist Kevin Walling, he worked on the Biden campaign. What an idiot. Yep, we'll try to educate him, too, right here on Fox Across America. Later, everybody. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.